Listen, go ahead and take, take your seat for just a moment and greet your neighbor. I'm not going to be before you long, but I want to share a word with you that I believe that the Lord uh, wants to give us as we go into 2020. Amen. I don't have some slogan for you. Uh, I don't have some uh, cute saying. What I have is what the Lord has been speaking to me since sometime the end of November, going into December. I want to share a couple things with you about the ministry. I want to tell you something uh, that God has done for us, and I want to tell you because you need to know it in order to lay hold of what God's going to do for us in 2020. So God has been good to FOC in 2019. Amen. He really, really has. Um, we were looking at um, some of the, the finances of the church and some different things like that. And as we always do, we prepare uh, for our year end giving statements for everybody and all of those things. And as we were going through, uh, one of the things that I noticed, and we look at our expenses, we look at our income that came in, and I want to let you know that in 2019, FOC received more income in the ministry than we've ever received in our entire ministry of being a church. Oh, you ought to give God some praise for that. Now, in the spirit of transparency, I'll tell you, we also had more expenses than we ever had. Most of that was due to the, to the, to the additional scholarships that we gave out. Yeah. It was due to, so, so we don't even see that as an expense. We see that as seed. So when I was praying, here's what the Lord said. He said, because you believed that 2019 would be your best year yet, he said, and because the partners believed. And watch this, when, when we do the analysis, here's, here's, here's something interesting. In 2019, we had fewer givers than we had in 2018, but we had more income in 2019. So that means that even though we, we matriculated and people may have come and left or whatever, the, the total number of people who gave was less in 2019 than 2018, but the amount that was given in 2019 was bigger than we'd ever received. So here's what the Lord said. He said, tell you the people to get ready because 2020 will be their year of biggest harvest. He said, 2020 will be your year of the big. Now, why? You got to grab hold of it now. In January, we started talking about this was going to be your best year yet. And I don't know if it was the best year for everybody, but it was the best year for a whole lot of y'all. And a whole lot of y'all gave more than you'd ever gave. And the Bible says that God is not going to do, uh, he, he, he's not going to, to let go of a quick prompt to do giver. And so he said, and I'm telling you, now, now you believe it or you don't, but the, the Bible says this, the Bible says, trust God and what? You'll be, he said, believe his prophet and you will what? I am prophesying to you that the Lord has told me to tell you that 2020 will be your greatest year of harvest. Now, now I, I wish I had three people who believe that, because if I can get some folk to harvest, watch this. If I can get you to harvest the way you gave, every need you have will be met. And so this morning, I came to share a word with you. And here's the word I want to share with you. It's, and it's very simple. The Lord told me to tell you that he wants to promote you. And so this morning, that's what I want to talk about. God, tell your neighbor, say neighbor. God, God wants, to wants to promote you. 
God wants to promote you. Now, we've been talking and you, I've been sharing with you a little bit about this whole idea of alignment and, and agreement and how when you get alignment and agreement, agreement and alignment, when you put those two things together, you get advancement. And so this morning, I want to spend a, a few moments and I want to talk to you about this idea of how God wants to promote you. Listen, you have done your part. You, in 2019, many of you have done the things God has asked you to do. He has prepared you. When we read that, that, that word from the Lord in June, and I gave you that word, and we, we meditated on that word for six months, and we've done the things that God has asked us to do, it is now harvest time. Do you understand when a farmer is planting seed, that a farmer goes to his field every morning at 5 a.m., 4 a.m. in the morning. He's tilling the ground. He's putting seed in the ground. He's weeding. All of that stuff is the hardest job for the farmer. Do you know when the happiest time for the farmer is? Harvest time. You don't ever have to ask a farmer to go harvest. You know why? Because it's the fruit of their labor. In 2020, you shouldn't have to have somebody reminding you it's harvest time. Every day you ought to be waking up expecting God to do something new in your life, expecting God to do something to promote you, expecting God to do something to increase you. Why? Because 2020 is going to be a year of great harvest for us. I know people are talking about it being the year of, of perfect vision and all of those things. I agree with that. I'm telling you that if you are a partner here, though, your mind needs to be focused on harvest in 2020. Because I'm telling you, the first 90 days, the first 90 days, January, February, March, the, the, God wants to do something amazing in your life. He wants to do something that defies natural law in your life. He wants to do something early in 2020 to cause you to expect more in the latter end. Tell your neighbor, say, God, God wants to promote me. And so let's take a look at a scripture here. Let's go to Jeremiah 17. And I read this a couple of weeks ago, Jeremiah 17, 5 through 10. I got up and talked about this a little bit after Ralph had finished his message. And it was so interesting because Ralph and Pastor Sean kind of booked in my message today. He, he kind of ended, and then I got up and shared this, which was the part of the message I wanted to share. Pastor Sean got up and she started talking to you about Isaiah 60, which is where I'm going to end today. And so the reason I want to share this is because I believe everything within me that God is orchestrating a takeover for us in the kingdom. I believe God wants us to take over some things in the, in the areas that we operate in and bring them into the kingdom. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 5 through 10, it says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusts in man and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a heath in the desert, and he shall not even be able to see when good comes his way. But he shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land, and he will not inhabit. But verse 7 says, blessed or empowered to prosper is the man that does what? Trust in the Lord and whose hope is placed where? In the Lord. It says, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not even see when heat or trouble comes. But her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. 
The Bible says in verse 9 that the heart is deceitful above all things and the heart is desperately wicked. It asks the question, who can know the heart? Verse 10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruits of his doing. The Lord said that's what 2019 was all about. 2019 was all about the Lord giving you opportunity to see what was in your heart. He said it was, a, it was about seeing whether you would be faithful to his commandment about church attendance when you didn't feel like coming to church. Whether you would be faithful about serving even when you didn't feel like serving. Would you be faithful in the things that he had called you to where, where prayer is concerned even when you didn't feel like being on prayer? Were you going to be faithful to giving when you didn't feel like giving and had other uses for your money? Would you still be faithful in what God told you? He said those things weren't about me. They were about you so you would know what was in your heart. Because once you know what's in your heart, your heart can't deceive you. He said your heart, the, the heart itself is, 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 is deceptive. He says, and the only way to, to know what's in your heart is to allow what's in your heart to come out of you and see how you respond. So when God says to you, hey, I want you to pray this morning, are you responding out of, out of God, I'm being obedient to you, or no, I'm too tired this morning? So you never know if God didn't ask you something first. You don't know how you're going to respond to giving if I don't ask you to give. You don't know how you're going to respond to praise if Chris don't ask you to praise. You don't know how you're going to respond to forgiveness if your spouse don't ever ask you to forgive them. So what happens is we, we, we in our minds, we think we're one thing, but the reality is we're something totally different. And God says that in order for me to do what I need to do for you in 2020, I got to let you see what's in your heart. Now, I don't know about everybody, but I know about a lot of people and you passed the test. Now, 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 if you didn't, don't say nothing. But if you know, if you know there's some things in your life this year that God asked you to do that you know you didn't want to do them, but you did them because you love God anyway, you ought to go ahead and give God some praise this morning. He said, because that is how you transition from trusting in man to trusting in God. You trust in man when you do what you want to do. You trust in man when you make decisions about your life that is based on what's best for you, based on what you think, not what God said. Yeah. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. neighbor. Say, all of us, all of us. could be doing something else right now. Right now. Mm -hmm. See, see, you ain't the only one who, who got up and came to church and, and made it through and, and suffered through. And, and came. No, no, we all could be somewhere else. I got a couple of beaches with my name on them that I would love to be laying on right now. But the reality of it is, is that God has called me to do something on Sunday. And so because God has called me to do it, when I'm here, I do it with everything I got. See, never think that because you do something that somehow you are doing something that's so great because you did what God said. When you do what God said, it ain't for God, it's for you. Because watch, tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, God is going to be God whether you obey or not. Oh, you better hear that. Your disobedience don't disqualify him from being God. 
So you can disobey him all day. He's still going to be God. So when you obey God, when you put your trust in God, when you put your hope in God, it is not for God. It is for you. Let's look at Isaiah 48 and 17. Isaiah 48 and 17 says, thus says the Lord, your redeemer, the holy one of Israel. He says, I am the Lord, your God. He says, and because I am the Lord, your God, I am the one who teaches you to do what? Profit. I am the one who leads you by the way you should go. So if God says he's going to promote us, then in 2020, we ought to be looking to him greater than we've ever looked to him before. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, God is the teacher of profit. You ever notice everything God touched prosperous? It is impossible for God to be in your life and you not profit. That word profit means to expand. It means to get ahead. It means to come out on top. It is impossible for God to be in your life and whatever you touch not expand. Whatever you touch don't come, on, don't come out on top. Whatever you touch doesn't get better. God is the God of profit. He is the one who teaches us and leads us in the way that we should go. In the new covenant, which we live under, God has prepared some wonderful things for us. And those things that God has prepared for us are far better than anything we could imagine. If you thought 2019 was good, you ain't seen nothing yet. Now, now not, notice, when we, when we talked about 2019, we said 2019 was going to be our best year yet or our best year so far. We didn't say our best year. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. 29, and people started saying, and I was like, no, no, no. Don't say 2019 going to be our best year ever. It's just our best year. Yeah, because we ain't got to our next year. But if you thought 2019 was good. In fact, God is well able to make unprecedented things happen in this next year. Because our lives have been have been trimmed and they have been lined out so that we match what God wants us to do. 2019 was a year about getting ourselves ready. In fact, that is the reason that he began to talk to us about this idea of alignment and agreement so that we could have advancement. He, I think if he'd have started off with alignment and agreement, we'd have been trying to do some things ourselves. But instead, what he did is he took us through all of these series of teachings in 2019. And if you stop and you look back at them, they were all so strategic. All of them were so strategic. The thinking, feeling cycle, learning how to live in faith, learning how to operate outside, uh, uh, learning how to operate under grace and outside of the law. All of those things we talked about, understanding how to function in God's kingdom, understanding about the, about the importance of the Holy Spirit, understanding about the power of speaking in tongues, understanding about giving. Those seem like random things, but when you link them up, it makes a strong change. And that's what God was doing for us in 2019. Listen, God wants to show us how agreement and alignment comes into our lives so that we can talk about advancement. Because I believe 2020 is a year of advancement. I told you that we're talking about advancement, not acceleration. There's a difference between advancement and acceleration. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, we skipping steps. Yeah, we skipping steps. I got anybody out there going to skip some steps on your job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got anybody going to skip some steps in their savings account? It ain't going to be no hundreds. We talking thousands and going up, tens of thousands going up. 
we're going to skip some steps. We ain't going to have no four, five bad years of marriage and then get better. We're skipping steps. Marriage is turned around just like that. Now, how can I say that so assuredly? Because of what Jesus did on the cross. And because you and I have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that means that promotion is available to us because we have access to what the enemy actually stole from Adam and Eve way back in the Garden of Eden. We sing that song all the time, going back to what? Going back to Eden. Why are we going back to Eden? Because Eden is the place where we started from. And what God wants to do is God wants to get us in agreement and in alignment with him so that we can get so that we can advance to living in this state of having every need met. I don't know about you, but how good would you feel if you had every need met? I mean, you, you, you wouldn't sit there sad if you had every need met. What could you do for other people if you had all your needs met? What kind of blessing could you be if you had all of your needs met? How much stress would not be on your life if you had all of your needs met? Well, here's what we got to get to. The Bible says we have all our needs met. So what we got to learn to do is get in alignment with God's word that says all of our needs are already met. And then we got to start living like our needs are already met so that the world, and you can call it the universe, the power, well, I don't care what you call it, has to manifest with what God has said about our lives. Yes. Whether we like to admit it or not, people have energy. People exude energy. People attract energy. You, you can get scared when I use the word energy, whatever you, the fact of the matter is you attract what you are. That's why you find yourself in a broken state. All you attract is broken people around you. But the moment you get healed, you no longer even like them people anymore. Why? Because you attract what's around you. And I'm telling you that we got to start getting dogmatic about the fact that our, our thinking, our, our mindset has to be so aligned with God that when God begins to say you don't have any lack, we know and we believe we have no lack. And then it forces us to come into agreement with God and then we get advanced in the very thing that we believe that we have no lack. Amen. Understand, we accept Christ into our lives. When we do that, it's almost like a reset button gets pushed. You know, if it, it, when you were younger, uh, if you played video games, you know, if I was playing a video game and it was a one-player game and playing by myself and I, and, I, and I made a mistake, I just hit the reset button and start over. You didn't keep playing a game when you done lost, when you done lost the coins that you needed and now you know you're going you're gonna to down the next level because you ain't got the, the sword that you needed. You just hit the reset button. Here's what happens with God. If we mess up, he hits the reset button. Because his mercy endures every single day. They're new every single morning. So I don't have to feel like because I messed up on Monday, I got to wait till next Sunday to get it fixed. I just hit the reset button. And when I hit the reset button, watch this. I can hit the reset button every 15 seconds if I need to. Until my thinking aligns with God, every time I catch myself thinking differently, I can hit the reset button. Every time the enemy whispers to me and says something to me that doesn't align with God, I can hit the reset button. Why? Because hitting the reset button allows me to make sure that at the end of the game, I walk out with the victory. 
When Jesus went to hell, the Bible describes it as him taking the keys, all the power and everything from the enemy. And he brought them back and handed those keys to you and I. And you and I now have the same victory over the enemy that Jesus had. People don't think about that. It's like it's, we, we, we approach the devil like a Marvel movie. Now, now here's how a Marvel movie works. Anybody ever seen a superhero movie? I guarantee you, here's the thing. Superhero gets introduced. Antagonist gets introduced. Antagonist beats up on superhero. Superhero wins in the end. That's every superhero movie. Let me help you. God ain't never lost a battle. And he never will. The antagonist ain't never got out over God. The antagonist ain't never won a single battle, let alone the war. He ain't, even, he ain't even came in God's presence. In fact, the Bible says that there was a time that he thought about doing something disrespectful to God. And the Bible says like lightning, he saw himself flat and found himself stuck in the earth. We got to stop acting like that somehow we and, and the devil are in a Marvel movie. We are not in a Marvel movie with the devil. It ain't no back and forth and we get beat up and it looks like we're going to die and then all of a sudden we win in the end. Baby, we don't even get touched. This is not a Marvel movie. You know, and, and, and I, like, I like movies like that, but that's the thing that bothers me. You know, I, I love Transformers, right? But I hate to see Optimus Prime always lose it. You Optimus Prime! How you gonna even let some Decepticon come and knock you down? But every movie, Optimus Prime getting knocked down. But the saints act just like Optimus Prime. You, you are, you are, take your neighbor and say, neighbor, I am a prime. Uh-huh. Now, now, if you watch the movie, you know the primes are the, you, you can't beat them. I'm like, how's you Optimus Prime and you getting beat? I'm asking you, how you a child of God? And you always been some Decepticon, some devil. What do I mean by Decepticon? Some word somebody got to say. Some thought somebody got to say. Sometimes you got to say, forget what people think. Sometimes you got to be like, you know what? Forget what people say. And sometimes you just got to be like, what? if they don't line up with what God has said to me, forget them too. Tell your neighbor, say, I am a prime. Yes, I am from the God stock. I ain't letting no little, something I know ain't supposed to be beating me, beat me. So we got to stop acting like that. Take a neighbor and say, I have, I have the, victory. the victory. Now understand, to be promoted means to be raised up. It is to be elevated. It is to be exalted. And God promotes because he desires to be good to those who are in relationship with him. See, sometimes you, you think that you get promoted because you did something right. But God doesn't just promote you because you did something right. God promotes you because you're in relationship. Anybody ever been in a relationship with somebody and they didn't deserve what you did for them, but you did it because you was in a relationship? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You did it for your kids for Christmas. 
I know you did. Mm-hmm. Even while you was buying the stuff, you was like, oh, not even buy this for him. Oh, uh, disrespectful, ungrateful look. But you bought it. But you bought it. Why? Because you was in relationship. And sometimes that's really how we are to God. Ungrateful, disrespectful, disobedient. But you know what? He still blesses. He still blesses. And so because God blesses us, we understand that this promotion we're talking about is not some promotion that we're going to get because we've done everything right. We ain't crossed every T. We ain't dotted every I. But what we have done is have a heart to serve God. And when you have a heart to serve God, that counts a whole lot more than whether, every, every, whether you dot every I or cross every T. Amen? We see, this, we, we see this demonstration of promotion so many times in the Bible. If you, you, can, you can just run down the list, but you see it in Abraham's life. You see it in Joseph's life, in Daniel's life, in the life of the Samaritan woman, and you see it in the Apostle Paul's life. God is always promoting people who have a heart toward him. You know, we look at David, and people love to talk about David, but David has some wretchedness in his life. If you really look at David, David did some low-down, dirty things. David slept with another man's wife. And then to hide it, he sent that man to the front of the line to get killed. Now that's low down. That's low down. But that's what David did. But the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. Now how do you reconcile a man who sleep with another man's wife and then get the other man killed and still say he a man after God's own heart? Because once he recognized the error of his way, he repented to God. And when he repented to God, he asked the Lord to purge him. He asked the Lord to to take the iniquity away. He said, God, I don't want to be anything other than like you. And God didn't say, well, it's going to take about a year. You know, after you suffer for a year, lose a couple jobs, lose a house, your wife and a kid. Then we can talk. He didn't. Immediately, he called David a man after his own heart. Some of you are letting mistakes from 2018 stop you from living your best life in 2019. But I challenge you not to let it do it in 2020. If you've made a mistake, say, Lord, I blew it. I missed it. It ain't even got to be all that religious talk. Oh, if thou wast will forgiveth me. Y'all don't even talk like that. Be like, Lord, I blew it. I screwed up. Yeah. I messed up. Some of y'all use different words, whatever it is. <laughs> he know all of them. You ain't going to shock him. What he wants to know is, are you willing to change? Are you willing to have a heart just like his? Amen? When we allow God to get involved in any process that we are involved in, We get to experience advancement on a level we can never, ever imagine. We get to experience advancement on a level that goes beyond natural abilities. But you have to let God in on the process. Many of us, what we do is we let God in on the process once we figure we can't handle the process. what, What you do is rather than asking God to help you in the beginning, 
You take on the entire endeavor yourself, and then once it becomes too big for you, and you've come, you've made it so convoluted, you made it so junky and so messed up, then you ask God to get involved. And because God is good, He does get involved, but He but He doesn't always erase the emotional scars that you have by going through the process. So now you got these emotional scars that you now have to take back to God to deal with when you wouldn't have the emotional scars if you just let God in on the front end. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, in 2020, I'm including God on the front end. Oh, yeah, I hope you do. Include God on the front end. So this morning, real quick, I want to share four points with you, and then I'm going to let you go. I want to share these four points. I'm going to give them to you, and then we'll talk about them individually. Number one. First point I want to share with you is that God is looking for ways to promote his people. God is looking for ways to promote his people, and he is responsible for the advancement. He is responsible for the advancement. I want you to hear that. He is responsible for the advancement. Don't you run out here trying to make something happen. You don't have to make anything happen. All you have to do is obey the instructions of the Lord. Number two, no matter your current situation, God is well able to turn things around. No matter your current situation, I don't care what it is today, God is able to turn it around. Number three, I want to talk to you about how that no curse, no curse is bigger than God's blessing. I don't care what anybody has ever told you. There is not a curse. There is not a hex. There's not a voodoo or a hoodoo or anything that can be put on you that's bigger than when God blesses you. Come on. And then number four, I want to talk about how God lifts us up and causes our influence to be expanded. God lifts us, lifts us up and causes our influence to be expanded. I believe that 2020 is going to be a year of expanded influence for some of you. Expanded influence. And I'm going to talk to you about why influence is so important. Y'all ready? Number one, God is looking for ways to promote his people. He is responsible for advancement. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 says this, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Anybody love God in this place? Yes. I'm telling you, God has some things prepared for you that you haven't even been aware of yet. God's going to bring those things to your awareness so that you can begin to believe God for it so that he can give you what he's been wanting to give you. The dictionary definition of promotion is defined as an act of being raised up in a position of rank or to ascend or to advance. The Hebrew Bible definition means to lift up, to elevate, to raise up or exalt. God wants to do all of those things in your life. It's not just a cute sermon. It's not just a cute word. You have to learn to believe what God believes about you. And what God believes about you is that he wants to raise you up. He wants to elevate you. He wants to exalt you. He wants to cause you to ascend in your career. He wants to cause you to advance. He wants to do all of those things for your life. Amen. Amen. 
Supernatural promotion takes place when God gets involved in our lives. He causes us to bypass natural and physical laws. When I say natural and physical laws, I'm talking about God being able to supersede what people have put in place as natural processes. Now, I'm not saying to you that, that if you believe in God for a baby, that you're going to get pregnant and have a baby the next day. We know that that didn't work. There's a maturation period involved. I am saying to you that if you believe in God for a job, that there cannot be a job and tomorrow that job be created. I am saying to you that God can know that you are in a particular field, that you want to stay connected to this area, and he'll cause a company from Illinois to move here, open up a job, get your resume. Out of all the people they interview, they select you to come in for the interview and offer you the job on the spot. I know that can happen because it did it for me. I'm telling you that when you let God get involved in the process, Supernatural advancement takes place. God gives us promotion above and beyond the world's natural level of promotion. If you only ever see yourself being able to do what is natural, you, you, you basically diminish God's ability to do the supernatural. Somebody says, well, wait a minute, Pastor. How can I, how can I diminish God's supernatural power? The Bible says that when Jesus went to a town, he went to a town to heal people. But the Bible says that because the people didn't receive him, because the people only saw him as just, oh, that's Mary's baby, that's Joseph's son. The Bible says he could not do many miracles there. How are you seeing God that's stopping him from doing many miracles in your life? Is, 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 he, is he just the God of the figment of your imagination? Is he just this God of heaven who's out there in this far off place who's not involved with you? Or is he a father? who's actively involved and want to see good coming in your life. Yes. Well, if you see him that way, then you're going to respond differently than whether you just see him as some abstract being who, who's keeping the world spinning. Amen? God gives us promotion above and beyond the world's natural level of promotion. God wants to work through his people and do something amazing that has never been done before. Tell your neighbor, say, God, God wants to do something in my life, something in my life that, has that has never been done before. The question is, will you let it? Or will you get so uncomfortable when God wants to do something new that you retreat back to the old? In the year of 2020, if it really is going to be the year of crystal clear vision, if it really is going to be the year of new beginnings, if it's really going to be the year of, 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 of everything new and, and all these other words that people are sharing, are you going to let God do all those things? Are you going to go back into the traditions that you had because that's where you're most comfortable? Sometimes in order for God to promote you, you got to get out your comfort zone. If you used to being a follower and God says, I want to promote you to be the leader, you got to be comfortable being a leader. Now watch this. Here's one thing all leaders know. All leaders get criticized. There is not a leader who, gets, who doesn't get criticized. They had two semifinal championship games. Uh, yesterday. And one of the games was Oklahoma versus LSU. And most people who follow football understood that LSU was probably going to win that game. Most people may not have predicted it was going to be a blowout like it was. After the game, you got all these people talking about how Jalen Hurts is a horrible quarterback. Now, now, it's okay because I like what he said. He said, as a leader, the responsibility should fall on me. 
But here's what, what you got to get. It don't matter how many good things you do when you're a leader. If you do one bad, that's all the folk going to talk about. So when God gets ready to promote you, we got to know that you're mentally tough to take the promotion. See, you can't ask God for the promotion and, and, and for the next level living, and then you can't handle the critics. Because at every level, your critics get stronger. You can be successful. You can be famous. This is, this is why I always laugh when people, and you know, I see plays, and I think some plays are silly and mistakes, but I don't talk about players, especially not professional players, especially not D1 players, and in my case, not D2 or D3 players, because I didn't play none of them Ds. But you get all this commentary to say about them, but you ain't did nothing. But critics like to criticize. And you got to know that because when promotion comes, your critics are going to get bigger. You think people are talking about you now? Get promoted. Get promoted. And don't just get promoted once. Get promoted again. And then watch this. Get promoted around the folk you used to hang with. You walk in the break room and everybody stop talking. Them your critics. They waiting for you to make a mistake. Why? Because, and and here's, here's the thing about critics, and I, I love critics because critics are funny. Here's the thing about critics. Critics criticize without having all the information. Yep. I admit it. When I was a teacher, I was like, man, the principal should do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And if the principal did this and this and this and this and this. But I didn't have all the principal's information. But when you become the principal, when you become the next thing, when you become the director, when you become the leader, when you become the business owner, you see things from a different perspective. Yeah. So now you're not making this this narrow-based decision. You're now making a decision that's based on all this information. But critics just see what you're doing. And all critics do is criticize. They criticize Jesus. You don't think they're going to criticize you? They say, he ain't no son of God. That Mary, baby. You know Mary wasn't, wasn't even married when they had Jesus. You, they talked about Jesus. They, listen, the, Pontius Pilate said, hey, which one do you want? You want Jesus or the thief? They said, give us the thief. You don't think they're going to criticize you? You got to decide right now that you're well able to handle whatever criticism comes your way. You got to decide today that you are okay with being great and other people not being able to handle it. Amen. I ain't getting no amens on that. You got to be able to say, I am okay with being everything God wants me to be. And everybody who can't handle that, that's okay. I'll give them time to catch up. But I'm not going to shrink back. I'm not going to be small. I'm not going to hide my shine because it bothers them. Tell your neighbor, say, promotion Promotion. is on the way. way. 2 Chronicles 16 and 9. 2 Chronicles 16 and 9 says this, For the eyes of the Lord, they run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal towards him. And then Ephesians 3.20 says this, it says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. God has prepared some wonderful things for us. I believe that in 2020, we're going to get to see some things we've only ever dreamed about before. 
I don't, I listen, I just, I believe it, I receive it already. Listen, I ain't waiting for the clock to, to tick over to, to 2020. I'm receiving now. If last year was my biggest year of sowing, next year is my biggest year of reaping. I like what it says in Ephesians 3.20, the message translation. It says, God can do anything. It says, you know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or even request. <laughs> he says, in your wildest dreams, he does not do it, watch this, by pushing us around, but by working, what, within us. So if you're waiting on God to come and push you out the way and just do everything for you, it's not going to happen. He says, I'm going to do this exceeding abundantly far above thing that you could ever think or dream or request, but I'm going to do it while I'm working in you. So there's some stuff I'm going to say to you that it's going to be uncomfortable to you, but if you're able to push past the uncomfortability and do what I'm telling you to do, you're going to see the blessing that I got for you. And so 2020 is all about us doing the things that we know we're supposed to be doing. Most of us in here, those of us who are faithful in attendance, those who are faithful in, in prayer, those who are faithful in reading our word, those who are faithful in living for the Lord. Listen, you can live and never hear another sermon. Our sermons are to be encouraging words. Why? Because you've got enough word that if you just did what you've heard, you live better than you ever lived before. Promotion from God is not limited, watch this, to just our finances or our health. It is also includes an expansion of influence. I can't tell you how important influence is going to be in 2020. I don't know why it's going to be so important, but the Holy Spirit has been saying to me, increase your influence. Increase your influence. Do you know that sometimes what you need to get done, you can't even pay to get done? You can't even pay to get done. You need somebody on your behalf to do for you what you need done. Your money won't even get you in the door. I was telling Pastor Sean, there's, there's, a, there's a boxing uh, fight that's going to be happening in February. Uh, Wilder and what's the other guy's name? Uh, Fury. And it's their second fight, right? And, and the, the tickets are so, I won't even say expensive, so exclusive to get that they got people like Will Smith looking for tickets. Now, now, now you, say, you, mean, you mean Will Smith from, from somewhere in Arkansas? No, no, no. Will Smith, <laughs> the, the Will Smith you see on TV is looking for tickets. Why? Because they're so exclusive. And I'm telling you that the reality of it is, is that there are times that your influence will get you way more than your money will. Because Will got enough money, he could buy the stadium. But not if it's not for sale. What do you do when your money don't work for you? What do you do when you got all you think you need, but it's not enough because what you need can't be bought? And the Lord says in 2020, he is going to raise up people in your life who's going to do things for you that your money couldn't buy for. And so I don't know what that means. I don't know who you, he's going to connect you with, but you need to be open to expanding your realm of influence. Forget that stupid song about no new friends. It's dumb. No new friends. That means your circle going to be whatever. That means the best you got is what you got. Some of y'all need some new friends. But that's a whole other message. Understand this. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, 
we see that God is into promotion. God expanded Abraham's influence so that all the families of the earth could be blessed. I believe God is asking us to allow him to expand our influence so that other people can be blessed by it. I started thinking about the more I talk about the scholarship fund outside of FOC, the more people give to it. Some people don't give because they don't know. But when I start to talk about it outside of FOC, other people start giving to the scholarship fund. Can you imagine if our influence got so big that each of us got 10 people to give to the scholarship fund? That people, that people were so enamored with the way you carry yourself and the way you live your life and, and have what the person of integrity that you are, they say, I don't even know what the scholarship is for, but I'm going to give because I give to you. And it happens all the time. And let me tell you, so part of my job, I'm in sales, right? Or I manage people who are in sales. Many, 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 many times when we go talk to school superintendents, they do not want what we have. Because we sell professional development. They got all kind of professional development. We don't need no more professional development. But you know what happens when we go in there? They buy, not because they need more PD, but they buy because they buy from me. They buy because of the relationship. There are people who will do things for the kingdom, not because they even love God, but because they love you. But if your influence stops when you walk outside that door, then what you have? So God says in 2020, let me expand your sphere of influence. Genesis 12, 1 through 3, in the message translation, it says, Abram, get up and go. Leave your country, leave your relatives and your father's home, and travel to the land that I will show you. He says, don't worry, I'll guide you there. I have plans to make a great people from your descendants, and I am going to put a special blessing on you and cause your, rep- your reputation to grow so you will become a blessing and an example to others. He says, I will also bless those who bless you and further you in your journey, and I'll, and I'll trip up those who try to trip you along the way. He says, through your descendants, all the families of the earth will find their blessing in you. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, neighbor. Influence, influence is important. All right. Point number two, no matter your current situation, God is able to turn things around. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor, neighbor. no situation, no situation. I, face in my life I face in my life is too big for God. Big for now, how many people believe that? Amen. How many people actually believe that? And the reality of it is, is that as long as you take that perspective, nothing that happens in your life can really take you by well, and I don't want to say take you by surprise. It can't keep you down because you know that God is bigger than whatever just tripped you up. Amen. Psalm 75, 5 through 7. It says, lift not up your horn on high. Speak not with a stiff neck. For promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. But God is a judge. He put it down one and set up up another. Tell your neighbor, say promotion, promotion. comes from God. So when I start talking about promotion, I ain't asking you to run out there and try to do a bunch of stuff in your own self-will. I'm asking you to get closer to God to find out what God wants you to do. When I was growing up, I used to hear the saints say all the time, God lives in the north. And I never knew what that meant. It was like like North Pole, like Santa Claus. But what they were saying is, is that promotion doesn't come from the south, the east, or the west. Promotion comes from the north. So if you are looking for promotion, it goes back to that scripture that says, look toward the hills from what? Which cometh your help, because your help comes where? From the Lord. The Lord lives in the north. 
And some of you, you need to get your directions right. Start looking toward the north. Stop looking behind you. Stop looking to the side. Start looking north to see what God wants to do for you. Because God wants to promote you in 2020. I believe it. So you got to get ready for a promotion. And then let's take a look at Psalms 40 and 2. Psalms 40 and 2 says, He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet up on a rock and established my goings. I don't care what kind of pit you may find yourself in right now. I don't care how stuck you may feel in your job, how stuck you may feel in a marriage, how stuck you may feel with your kids, how stuck you may feel, period. I'm telling you that God has the ability to get you out of that situation if you stop seeing that situation bigger than God. How many know God pulls us out of pits? Yes. Even the ones we jump into. Yes. In some pits we jump. See, sometimes you fall in a pit. Some of us jump in pits. I mean, you go head first into the pit. The Lord's like, no, don't do that. You look, oh, I got this. And right into the pit. And God's so faithful that even when you get in the pit, if you cry out to him, guess what? He'll deliver you. He'll deliver you out of the pit. And when the Bible talks about the miry clay, what he's really talking about is he's talking about those sticky situations that we find ourselves in, those unstable situations. Because you can, you, you live in the earth, and because you live in the earth, you can do everything right and still find yourself in a bad situation. Yeah. Because you are, you are subject to the earth. And because you are subject to the earth, there are things that happen beyond your control, but not beyond God's control. So even if you find yourself in a pit or you find yourself stuck in clay, just cry out to God. God will rescue you. Amen? Amen. God lifts us from fear to faith. Every time he takes us from fear to faith, he takes us from grief to joy. He'll take you from oppression to optimism. He'll take you from pain to peace and he'll take you from peace to joy. But you've got to be willing to let God work in your life. Amen. Some of us act like God don't already know what's wrong with us anyway. It's, you act like it's a secret when, God, when you tell God something. Okay, God, I'm going to be honest. He already knew. What you mean? You be honest to yourself, not to God. God already knew the situation. And so you got to make sure that we're being, we're being faithful to God. And then God says that he, 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 in that scripture, he says he picks us up and places us on a rock. The rock is his word. In 2020, you got to become a lover of his word. If you don't love God's word, you don't love direction. Because that's where the direction comes from. The problem with you only loving direction from a pastor or from another person is that now you are subject to their interpretation sometimes. you got to be able to read and hear God for yourself. Amen? Amen. Number three. No curse is bigger than God's blessing. No curse is bigger than God's blessing. No matter the current situation you're in, God can turn, can turn things around. I don't care if somebody tell you that you cursed, if somebody tell you that because you did this or because you did that, now the Lord can't bless you. Listen, the Lord is not, the only thing that stops God's blessing on your life is your rejection of the blessing. Because the blessing is already on you. We sing the song, but then we act like we don't believe it. The blessing is already on us. And if the blessing is already on us, the only way we don't receive that blessing is because literally our thinking causes us to act contrary to what we already have. There's a, there's a book, and I may get the title wrong, but there's a book, I think it's called The Emperor's New Clothes. Uh, and and the, the, the story is basically about this king and, and, and how the king was real 
arrogant and pompous. And, 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 and so the king, and, and sometime in the story, ended up with no clothes on. But all the subjects were scared to tell him. So they were just always so beautiful and so noble. And he just walked around thinking he had on these beautiful clothes and was just butt naked. Now, I don't know what I did in a children's book, but anyway, that's another story. But the problem is, is that if you don't allow people to talk to you and talk about the places in your life that need to be corrected, you become that king. Walk around looking good because everybody tell you you look good. Oh, you so anointed. Oh, you sold this. Oh, you sold this. You sold deep. And what happens is if you don't learn to put people in your life who will correct you and who will give you admonishment, you surround yourself with a bunch of people who just say yes to you. And then you get your feelings hurt because when you step outside that circle and somebody tell you the truth, now they're a hater. No, they're not a hater. You're really naked. And, they don't, and they're trying to tell you that you're naked. And so if you're not careful, when God's trying to talk to you about your character, you got to learn to listen so you don't walk around thinking you're something that you're not. Because the only thing that stops a blessing on your life is you. There is no curse. There is no voodoo. There's no hex. There's nothing that's going to stop God from blessing you in your life. We see this in Daniel. Let's take a look at Daniel. Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. We're going to look at Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. Then we'll look at verse 7, verse 9 through 10, and then verse 16. Watch this. It says, then, then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor. neighbor. 2020, 2020 is my preferential year. Mm-hmm. It's the year you're going to be preferred. Amen. Some of you hadn't felt preferred. It's going to be the year. And if you felt preferred, great. Go to another level. But it's going to be your year of being preferred. Some things are going to happen in your favor. It says this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because of an excellent spirit that was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Verse seven. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statue and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any God or man for 30 days, save thee, O king, he shall be cast into the dens of lions. Now, why was this important? Because Daniel prayed every day because that was his custom. And when he prayed, he opened his window and he prayed toward Jerusalem. People didn't like Daniel, so they tried to set Daniel up. And that's the thing you got to understand. When promotion comes, there may be some people who try to set you up. But what you got to learn to do is to be just like Daniel and keep doing the thing you did that got you promoted in the first place. If you was a person of integrity before the promotion, don't get the promotion and then do something that's out of integrity in order to keep, with, in order to keep the job. It's better to almost lose the job. And I said almost because God ain't going to let you lose it. It's almost better to almost lose it than to be a person who's out of integrity to keep it. Yeah. The Bible says in verse 9 and 10, it says, Wherefore King Darius, he signed the writing of the decree. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, it says he went right back to his house. His windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, just like they always were. The Bible says he kneeled up on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. In other words, he said, I'm not letting some decree stop me from being obedient to God. Verse 16 says, then the king commanded and they brought Daniel 
and they cast him into the den of lions. You know the story. The Bible says that, that, that he, he said to Daniel, why did you do this? I can't go back on my word. I'm, I'm, I'm going to look bad. Now I got to throw you in there with the den of lions. And, and, and Darius didn't want to do it because the Bible says he stayed up all night being concerned. But the Bible says that then the king commanded and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. Now watch this. Even though he had to put Daniel in that den of lions, he knew Daniel's God was something different than he'd ever encountered. If you live your life like you're supposed to, there will be people who will get to encounter God through you. But if you leave here and you go out in that world and you live like everybody else in the world and you do what everybody else do and you say what everybody else say and you think like everybody else think, nobody's going to get to see God because all they're going to see is a reflection of themselves in you because you look just like them. So you got to make a decision. Are you willing to be different? Are you willing to be different? Are you willing to be God-centered? Are you willing to be a person that does what God says in spite of what it may look like? You know the rest of the story. The Bible says that when they ran down the next morning, they saw Daniel and not a hair on his head had been harmed. And the Bible says that King Darius made a decree and said, from now on, we all serve Daniel's God. Wouldn't it be great if you lived your life in such a way that folks say, you know what, I don't even know who God is, but I'm going to serve your God. I've seen what he's done in your life. I'm going to serve a God like that. Amen. Listen, John 4, 28 and 30 says the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to men, come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. When that happened during that time, men didn't speak to women and poor people didn't speak to, to rich people and Jews didn't speak to Gentiles. But because she had an encounter with Jesus, it broke down walls. If you have a real encounter with Jesus, even on your job, it'll break down walls. In your community, it'll break down walls. In your family, it'll break down walls. You just got to learn that there is no curse that can be put on your life that is bigger than God's blessing. When you get the blessing of God on your life, everything you need will work out just fine. Amen? I want to I end with this one. I want to end with, with, with point number four. God lifts, up, lifts us up and causes our influence to be expanded. Say, God, God is, expanding is expanding my influence. My influence. Because of Christ, we have great influence. We are literally part of a heavenly kingdom. When we are in Christ, we are above all principalities, all power, all might, and everything that is in life. This is evident in Job 22 and 29 and 30. I want you to see this. Job 22, 29 through 30. It says, when men are cast down, then thou shalt say, there is lifting up, and he shall save the humble person. He shall deliver the island of the innocent, and it is delivered by the pureness of thy hands. Now, in the King James, that sounds a little convoluted, so I want you to see it in the message translation, but I wanted to read it out of there because it, 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 it makes a, a very illustrated point here. Tell your neighbor, say, my influence, my influence impacts, others. impacts others. So look at Job 22 and 30 in the Amplified. Job 22 and 30 in the Amplified says this. It says, he will even deliver the one for whom you intercede. He says, who is not innocent. And he will be what? Read through what? Of what? When you have influence, 
There are other people who get blessed because of you. God wants to expand your influence because he's looking to expand the kingdom. It's not just about you and I. It's not just about us getting our stuff. He says, I'm doing all of this because I get to use you as a person who will intercede for those who aren't even innocent. And they will be rescued, not because of them, but because of the pureness of your hands. You say, well, God, how am I pure? Because I have created you to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Tell your neighbor, say, my prayers prayers have power. power. Say, in fact, they have have saving power. power. Uh Uh-huh. That's why God wants to influence. That's why he wants to create your influence. He wants other people to get to know you. Why? Because if other people get to know you, then you can pray for them. And even out of their, even though they're not innocent or even though they don't know the Lord or even though they're in sin, they can be delivered because they got to know you. Proverbs 25, 6 and 7 in the message translation says this. It says, now don't work yourself into the spotlight. It says, don't push your way into the place of prominence. It is better to be promoted to a place of honor than to face humiliation by being demoted. So you ain't got to leave here today and be like, my influence. No, that ain't what we're talking about. That ain't what we're talking about. Influence becomes subtle. And it happens, watch this, when you actually care about other people. People can spot a fake a mile away. And we don't care how deep you try to act and how anointed you try to act and how how humble you are. People can spot a fake. People can spot it when when you are not genuine. But when you have a genuine care for people, when you are legitimately willing to go out of your way to assist someone else, yes, maybe you're inconvenienced a little bit, but guess what? When you need something, you don't mind other people being inconvenienced. Pastor Sean and I were talking about this the other day, and people talk about teamwork a lot, right? People love teamwork. We even got acronyms, you know, teamwork, make it dream work, and all that other kind of stuff. You know what most people really mean? I want you on my team. That's what they really mean. I want you to be available to do what I need to do so I can accomplish my goal because we're a team. But when you need something and it inconveniences me or I have to take a detour in what I'm doing or I'm having to do something that's going to cause me to not be as comfortable, then all of a sudden, well, you know, I ain't available. This ain't really no team. Team means everybody makes a sacrifice. That's what a real team is. A real team ain't about everybody taking one for the team but you. And so it's important that we make sure we understand that when we start talking about this idea around teamwork, that we we, we really are truly talking about, hey, everybody doing what is necessary. We ain't putting ourselves in the spotlight trying to gain influence, but we are being legitimately concerned about our fellow man. Amen? Amen? 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7 in the message translation says this. It says, so be content. With who you are. I love this. So be content with what? With who you are. Be content with what? Who you are. Be content what? With who you are. You don't have to go be somebody else to get influence. 
I ain't Pastor Sean. I don't interact the way Pastor Sean interacts. I'm never going to interact and be Pastor Sean. She's never going to be me. She's never going to do it the way I would do it. We're never going to do it the way you do it, but we can all have influence doing it the way that we do it. Yes. Yes. T neighbor, say neighbor. neighbor. Say it is so freeing so free. to be authentic. Yeah, now, now, now let me help you. I didn't say be rude. Because a lot of people are like, yeah, I, 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 I'm just, people say you're rude. I'm not rude, I'm just being authentic. No, you're rude. Authentically rude. Because you can have concern about other people's feelings and still be authentic. And so it's important that you make sure that you make that distinction. Just be who you are. The Bible tells us be content with who you are and don't put on what? Airs. God's strong hand is what? On you. He will do what? When? 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 So if you ain't being promoted this moment, it ain't the right time. What you should be doing right now is working on whatever you need to work on so that you're ready when the promotion comes. Well, God, I want you to promote me to a house. Great. Clean your apartment today. Because if you ain't going to keep 900 square foot clean, you ain't going to keep 4,000 square foot clean. I want a new car. Good. Go air up the tires in your car and get that light off. That tire pressure light been on for a week and you ain't went and put no air in it. If you ain't going to take care of the one you got, why should you get a new one? Do what you can do right now at the level you're at right now. And when it's the right time, God will promote you. In the meantime, what does he say? Live what? Before God. Why? Because he is most, most careful for us. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, 2020 is my carefree living life. Yeah, because I know harvest is mine. I know promotion is mine. I know everything God has for me is coming in the right time. Amen. So before the new year gets here, let's go ahead and make up in our minds right now that we are going to be in, a, in alignment with the word of God. We're going to be in agreement with the plans and actions of God. And as a result, we're going to enjoy the advancement God places in our life. We're going to live the life and have the expectation that they, we saw in Isaiah 60 when Pastor Sean started reading about the Tarshish ships. Let's look at Isaiah 60, and I'll close with this. Isaiah 60, verse 1. She read it earlier. It says, arise and do what? Shine. shine. Don't just get up, but get up and what? Shine. How are you going to shine? You say, well, Pastor, you told me don't put on airs. You're going to shine because you're going to be who God created you to be. Amen. He says, arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen up on thee. Verse 4. It says, lift up thine eyes round about and see all they gather themselves together. They come to thee. Thy sons shall come from far and thy daughters shall be nursed at their side. In verse number nine says, surely the isle shall wait for me and the ships of Tarshish first to bring thy sons from far, their silver and their gold with them unto the name of the Lord thy God and to the Holy One of Israel, because he has glorified thee. What do I mean by that? In other words, he says, look, be who I created you to be. You ain't got to run around and try to be like somebody else. You ain't got to run around and put on airs. Know that I am the Lord God. I want to promote you. 
And the way that I get to promote you is when you put all of your trust and all of your hope in me. And when you know that no matter what situation you are currently in, it is not the end. I am the God of the turnaround. I am the God of surprises. Pastor Cynthia came here and preached that message talking about the God of the toilet paper. He'll be the God of whatever you need him to be in 2020. He says, but you got to let me be who I am in your life. He says, and then it's going to be just like those Tarshish ships. The Bible describes the people who looked out across the ocean and they could see where the, where the line makes the ocean. They were waiting for those ships to come in because whenever they saw those sails on those ships, they knew that was their resources coming in. I'm telling you, Tarshish ships are on the way for you in 2020. And that's not a theme. That's not a slogan. If you serve, I, you know, there, there, there are people out there now who are, who are almost, uh, they're anti uh, saying what God's going to do. I'm never going to stop saying what God's going to do. I serve a living God. Yes. And, and if I can say, God, did 2019 was going to be my best year so far or my best year yet, I can say 2020 is going to be my best year harvest so far. And I'm receiving everything God has for me. And I encourage you to receive everything God has for you. Listen, if you can't take everybody with you, then go by yourself. Let 2020 be a year where you stop worrying about who all all gonna go. Because I'm going. God has been too good in 2019 for him not to duplicate and multiply and expand what he did in 2020. I'm, I, I believe there are jobs, there are people going to get houses and cars for the first time, marriage and relationships going to be restored, families are going to be reunited, the healing is going to take place, sickness is going to be uh, taken away, depression is going to be taken away, joy and peace and love is going to come, and uh, advancement is going to come. I'm believing God for all of that. Yes. I'm believing God for all of that. And if you're believing God for all of that, you ought to give God some praise this morning, amen? <laughs> It's our last Sunday in 2019. And 2019 ain't been easy for everybody. But there's some folks who's still here in 2019. There's some folks who's still around and they still, they still doing their thing. And sometimes in life, life may give you a kick. Life may give you what me and Pastor Sean call them sucker punches. We live for the Lord, but every now and then something happens, it's a sucker punch. We didn't see it coming. But just because you get sucker punched don't mean you got to lay down there and ball up. Some of y'all didn't grow up fighters. If you grew up a fighter, you know you took that first hit. You had to shake that off and come back swinging. And sometimes the devil does things and things happen. Sometimes we do stuff to our own self. Sometimes I think we give the devil blame for stuff he didn't even do. He like, I didn't do that. (laughs) He said, that was you. You You did it him. I didn't pick him. <laughs> Sometimes we just do stuff that, 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 that just, it just doesn't make sense. And so in 2020, I'm declaring we are done doing stuff that don't make sense. We're done with wrong thinking. We're done with putting ourselves in situations that don't benefit us. We're going to stop caring what people say. We're going to stop caring what people think. We're going to stop caring what we say to our own self. We're going to tell ourselves to be quiet sometimes. Because that negative self-talk is not beneficial. 
It's not. And the truth of the matter is, you have so much potential on the inside of you, if just a percentage of it could be tapped, your life will look so incredibly different. Amen? Amen.